Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi has been very vocal when he speaks about his government working on a mission mode to increase the consumption of natural gas in the country's energy mix from 6% to 15% by 2030. But is the country ready? Is what I, Richa Mishra, discuss in the latest episode of Energonomics. Everyone has been talking about crude oil and impact of its pricing on the economies. But no one is talking about natural gas or the gas market. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has had its impact on natural gas market too. The prevailing geopolitical situation has created a ripple across the energy market. So is India ready to meet the Prime Minister's target? Here is the detailed conversation I had with Petroleum and Natural Gas Regulatory Board Chairman Dr. Anil Kumar Jain. The question which comes to the mind is what you spelled out at the FIKI conference also, that what is it which makes you uh, say that there is a diatomy in the sector which exists? India's energy markets are very price sensitive, which is a follow-up of the economic status of the larger section of our society with poverty and lesser incomes on one hand and secondly our dependence on imported energy sources uh, to almost one third of our commercial energy is imported so imported energy comes at international prices and it is well known even at G20 fora india and many developing countries have been raising this voice that the international energy markets are opaque there is no reason that at the slightest pretext of maybe a war or a disruption of any physical kind oil shoots up from 65 dollars 75 70 dollars to 100 dollars plus right so in light of this huge uh, you know burden of energy in the basket of an ordinary household the government has had to step in and shield some of the vulnerable sections the government has been progressive in the sense that wherever it was possible to make the fuels market determined be it the coal which is sold to the non sensitive sector which is the non power sector even within the power sector the ones the generators who sell power you know to the discounts uh, for sale uh, you know to the ordinary consumers the coal prices are contained but for the others they are market determined similarly in fuel you know that uh, kerosene is out now which used to be a huge used to be a subsidy hole in the government exchequer and lpg the subsidy is only limited now to pmui and uh, petrol prices are market determined and so are diesel there are disruptions whenever the international markets go haywire government has to step in but then those are aberrations so in light of that the imported gas supply which has comprised nearly half of the total gas supply in the country its prices have also spiraled you know very well they even went up to 40 dollars a million btu in europe which in india otherwise the domestic gas prices were 6 dollars 7 dollars now in the light of that the government has been administering the price of the domestic gas especially on the legacy fields 
So I don't want to get into too much of detail. The fields which were held under combination rights, where the government does not get any revenue share, etc., from GC, they only get money through the dividends and the normal incomes of these corporates, right of a shareholder. The government has been shielding, let's say, the vulnerable section, let us say, the farmers. So the price of gas sold to fertilizer, the price of gas sold to power plant on the same lines as the controlled price of coal, you know, has been contained. Now, quickly running forward to what I spoke at the Vicky Auditorium, that now the conditions are right for government to gradually start getting away from administering the price to the CGD sector particularly. Because as we all know, that the CNG prices as determined through the APM mechanism of gas price leave a comfortable margin to the CNG, to the CGD operators vis-a-vis -vis the, the fuel, the competitive fuel being the liquid fuels. It is only in the DPNG, which is domestic PNG sector, that in spite of the prices being at APM determined prices, due to incidental expenses, let us say, of road cutting and the cost of the meter and the other infra which the CGD operator has to install to deliver PNG to homes, it is the entry barrier is pretty stiff. Otherwise, those prices are also you know, competitive vis-a-vis -vis LPG, even though the arbitrage is not that much as it is between the CNG and the liquid fuels. So keeping that in mind, and since the work of the PNGRB, which we handle over here, is not merely regulatory, but also developmental, and we do have the PN's old direction that we should help and get gas, which is a cleaner fuel, cheaper fuel than liquid fuels, to achieve a status of maybe 15% or so in the primary energy basket of the country. So if we remove this dichotomy and allow the gas sector to grow you know, as one of harmonized and single market, then there are better prospects of gas to determine its role in the energy play of India than what it has been so far. So all I said was that now conditions are becoming conducive for raising the share of gas in the energy mix. And one of the first steps that we need to do is to gradually align the price of gas with the market price gas. Coming from the experience which you have had and you have been core and uh, you know some of the important decision makings on gas pricing in the country is uh, has happened under your pen when you were in Ministry for Petroleum and Natural Gas. So my my point was that you know we, uh, India per se is a very price sensitive market. And we tend to, you know, look for ways and means out. There are political compulsions also. I mean, we cannot shy away from that fact that there are political. Parallelly, we are talk also talking about the exchange, where the uh, price is derived, uh, you know, in a competitive bidding manner. So when you when we are doing all this, what I wanted to understand from you was that are we matured enough as a market to move there? What I voiced was the elephant in the room. The issue of allowing natural gas to be sold at market prices is the, the way going forward. The same thing has happened in other energy markets, especially wherever the fuel is imported. Even in the case of LNG, the government has never interfered in its pricing. In the case of imported coal, so government has only rightfully interfered uh, you know, in the domestic production of energy because 
it has a legitimate right to uh, moderate the burden on the producers through various levies, let us say the royalty rates or the windfall taxes. So pricing has also been one of the tools uh, which the ministry and governments have resorted to. So what I have voiced is that the way forward is for market determined pricing of energy so that there are no distortions. When you artificially determine a particular price, then you, do, you deny the demand responses to come in. And it, invariably, that is the way to settle the demand and supply mismatches. To give you an example, there is this place called Morbi in Gujarat. There are a whole lot of refractories and uh, tile making, and they consume a considerable amount of gas in their kills. Now, since they get market price gas, if the market price gas becomes much more expensive than the alternate fuel, which is LPG, then they shift to LPG. Now, it helps to moderate the demand and in the larger picture, play of economics where you have learned that the demand and supply curves. So I don't want to, to underline too much the importance of the market determined prices, helping the demand and supply to achieve a level. Now, when you say that are the conditions conducive or right for the markets to start playing a role, but suffice it to say that it's always difficult to move away from a historical you know, development to a new scenario in a bullet shot. Now, if you wish to migrate from the administered pricing mechanism, especially in CGD or gas, to a market-determined one, maybe the government can come out with a five-year or a three-year or a four-year, a phased program. The way in 1998 the government announced the dismantling of the APM and they gave themselves four years' time. So if you remember at that time, even the gas prices were given a phased program to come to market determined, but gas could not. So what was conceived in 1998, 25 years down the line, I think to my mind, Indian gas market now, you mentioned about the exchange. The presence of an exchange is also uh, you know, a great convenient tool to allow the markets to determine. If there was no exchange, somebody might have said that, look, will the prices be discovered bilaterally? But we have, thankfully, an exchange which PNGRP looks after. So to my mind, I don't want to jump to an answer whether the markets are ready or not ready, because that is not a decision in any case which I have to take, it's for the government to take. But I would definitely, you know, lend my voice to the others who are asking that it's about time that some phased agenda is proposed so that the investors in the CGD sector, you know, there's this uncertainty, people who have bid for the number of DPNG connections and the people who have bid for CNG stations, even they must have clarity that for this play, which is going to be 30 years, 50 years, 70 years, for the CGD to evolve and mature, they must know whether this price arbitrage between the market determined and the domestically given gas, will it continue? How long will it continue? Number two thing is that as the we have auctioned with 302 CGDs, and quite a few of them which were auctioned in the last five years, have still not matured to set up their pipeline and to start dispensing gas. Now when all of them come into play, the demand for CGD the gas 
for the CGD operators, these two market segments of cooking and transport is going to be so humongous. And on the other hand, the production of domestic gas from the NOCs has been falling for the last few yeah. years. So yeah. we will anyway be confronted with the situation. It's just possible that the government is no longer able to give any gas to power and urea sectors. So this is also a reality, which I'm sure the government is ready yeah, it, it is a fact that the sh- uh, shift towards imported gas is growing because the domestic production is unable to match. And gas is one category where demand and supply are interlinked directly. I mean, uh, as much as the supply, the demand moves accordingly. And my next question, and this one has to ask you because you are right now responsible as uh, PNGRB for the infrastructure for this category. You play a very, very key role there. So uh, are we lacking in building infrastructure as far as uh, this network is concerned? If Gujarat, as a fine example, can move to a gas-based economy, what is proving to be deterrent to other states? At the outset, let me say that I am quite satisfied with the present level of infrastructure. As you are well aware, that 94% of the country's uh, spread is already under without CGD coverage. The 6% which remains is in difficult hilly areas, let's say Srinagar Valley and Sikkim or Nachal, some places in the northeast and some island areas. We hope to bid out the licenses. I've started the process here by the end of this fiscal year. So by 31st of March, 100% of the country will come under CGD coverage. Now you have to bear in mind that this kind of uh, coverage has only been made possible because the trunk pipelines for to supply gas to these uh, licensees have been put in place. And that is what emboldens us to be able to bid out these licenses. And people would not have uh, you know, committed to uh, the minimum work programs and for that matter, even bank guarantees if the kind of spread of pipelines had not existed. So where we stand today, I think we are comfortable. But infrastructure is not something which is frozen in time. You know, as uh, passengers take to here, you need more records. Existing records have to be expanded. So similarly, the gas pipeline. Today, the country's total gas supply, which is 160 and CMD. Tomorrow, when that rises to 200, 250, 300, while when you talk of the total capacity of the pipeline infrastructure, we tend to simply arithmetically total of the various pipelines. But it so happens that all markets don't grow in the same you know, arithmetic progression. Some markets will grow faster, like you mentioned with Rath and others. So it is quite possible that as we go forward, we might see some you know, tightening of the pipeline constraints as compared to what the demand is. So we are alive to that situation. And uh, we have just adopted a tariff mechanism, uh, you know, which helps the distant consumer to be given a softer uh, freight, a tariff charge as compared to the ones which are closer to the gas source. There is another mechanism of fixing a tariff, which caters to a situation where if there is a demand on a particular pipeline and the capacity is stretched, then there's a pricing mechanism which dissuades consumers and makes them shift to the other pipelines. And if that not be the case, then another pipeline will then be offered along that alignment, you know, which will be a market response 
to the rising demand. So this is an ongoing function and we are alive to it and we, we will take care uh, to ensure that there is no pipeline constraint in the future. Interestingly, in the sports sector, states, local taxes and levies also play a certain kind of role. And in certain cases, uh, some of the players have said that, you know, use of network or transmission of gas or using of gas in that area is becoming unviable because of the local tax component. Andhra Pradesh people have been uh, naming re recently that there has been tax challenges. So do, uh, do you think that, uh, you know, a kind of a consensual building and talking to the states is also required so that, you know, there's a level playing field uh, developed in the category for the growth of the sector? Yeah, but you are well aware that the mother of the taxation problem uh, lies in its non-inclusion in the GST. So that is something, of course, which is uh, a common denominator across the states. Now, coming to the specific question of interstate uh, disparities, yes, it is a fact that the rates of uh, VAT vary hugely across the states. And uh, so that endeavor, PNGRB also makes, uh, and so does the ministry. And uh, some states, uh, you know, have been uh, proactive to moderate the rates of taxes on natural gas, recognizing that it is a clean fuel, and uh, if CNG gets cheaper, then, uh, you know, use of biomass, uh, which is very polluting for cooking, or for that matter, use of liquid fuels, uh, particularly diesel in the urban areas, which is very, very toxic in terms of the you know, air pollution, all of that can be contained. Some states have been, have been cooperative. Uh, recently, we also have noticed that uh, another major, you know, tax burden on the CGDs is, is something which is not done at the state level, but which has been done by municipalities, is the road cutting charges, which are usurious in many cases. So that is an endeavor which we have taken upon ourselves for several months. Uh, we are reaching out to chief secretaries and uh, we are going, holding meetings. So we hope to do that all across the country. And I'm very happy to say that recently Maharashtra is one state where one of our members went and spoke to them and they have uh, uh, reduced the taxation in some measure. And uh, West Bengal has also done it recently. So I have a feeling that uh, since gas comprises a very small component in the overall energy mix, so the burden of taxation, you know, which if brought down by the states and by the municipalities, isn't really going to puncture a big hole in the state, you know, fiscal balance. So it is a question of reaching out and convincing them. And we are receiving good support and we continue to do that. And I'm hopeful that since I've taken over just two months back in the next six months or so, I may get the kind of uh, support on the areas that you just highlighted. Thank you so much.